Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. I am here with Dr. Jean Dodds today. I'm so excited. Uh, she is the founder of Hemopet back in 1986 um, and has started NutriScan which was in 2011. I'm so excited to have you here because I love NutriScan. Um, Could you just go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, my name is Jean Dodds, and I've been a veterinarian forever. I'm very happy speaking with you. Well, I am just thrilled to have you on here. Um, I love your NutriScan. Um, Could you explain to people what the NutriScan test is all about? Okay, well... The reason for NutriScan is because food sensitivities and intolerance are one of the most common problems that pets and humans encounter in today's world. It's much more common because the bacteria in our gut today are being um, attached, so to speak, by all of the environmental pollution and other things that we've done to change our air, the earth, and the water. So how do you test to see that individuals have intolerances to certain foods? Now, importantly, Nikki, this is not an allergy. An allergy is a hypersensitivity. Like think of the child that can't eat peanuts and strawberries. And think of the fact that when they're traveling on planes, when we used to be able to do that, um, <laughs> they would announce that if there's anybody with um, a peanut allergy on this or, or, or on this plane, we will not serve any snacks because our snacks, even though they don't have peanuts, are made in a factory that does have peanuts. That shows you how sensitive an allergy, a true allergy is. And that's mediated or caused by an antibody that's developed, usually genetically predisposed in the family, to immunoglobulin E, the allergy antibody, or immunoglobulin D. 
Now, food intolerances are much more common. Think about the fact that 40% of women over age 38 today in North America have gluten intolerances. That's why you see so much gluten-free food now available everywhere, in restaurants, in grocery stores, online, and whatever. That's because we have changed the bacterial profile in our bowels, both animals and people, because we share the earth together, um, from mostly beneficial bacteria to harmful bacteria. Think about salmonella, think about listeria, think about campylobacter, okay? Their job is to survive at our expense, and there's many more of them than there is of us. So therefore, food intolerance is a critical issue. How do you test for it? You can do food elimination trials, which take forever and usually don't work because it's six or eight weeks of not eating A and then six or eight weeks of not eating B and six or eight weeks of not eating C and people just give up. Never mind the fact that it's hard to find foods that are truly pure in the sense of just containing the protein you're eliminating. For example, many meat sources have grains in their flesh. And corn is genetically modified field corn sprayed with Roundup these days. So you're eating beef. You may not be reactive to beef, but you may be reactive to the corn in the flesh of the beef you're eating. So it's very complicated. Okay, that's number one. We still try to do that, but it doesn't work. Some people say, well, we'll just use a urine test or we use a blood test and, and we'll see what foods are reactive. Well, you can do that. You can pay $50 or $100 and do a test where they'll tell you, 150 things your pet shouldn't eat, including ants, ants and cockroaches. Oh, wow. It's totally nonsense. Those tests are not telling you what the bowel in the center of the body is really reacting to. Because they're looking at the blood, for example, or the urine, which is far away from where the bowel is. So then how do you determine food intolerance properly with saliva or feces? So when we developed NutriScan, which is patented internationally, and documented the only peer-reviewed literature documented test to identify food sensitivities and intolerance correctly involves cats and horses. Okay, so we did that, and we knew we didn't want to collect thousands of fecal samples every day at Hemopet. My staff were not happy <laughs> with that. Uh, there is a fecal test, by the way, for people uh, in North America, but it, as yet there are no equivalent saliva tests like NutriScan for people in North America. They're starting to do it by different technology, microfluidics, actually, in Europe. And only recently are some of the companies that test for glutens, that would be gliadins, only four foods. That's not good enough, okay? They're now starting to develop parallel tests for people. So we can proudly say, Nikki, that our tests for pets actually exceeded and is more uh, clinically predictive than any of the other tests used in people today. That is awesome. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing because, I mean, dogs can't say, hey, I don't feel good after eating this food, you know, where we can right. do that. Yeah. You know what happened? Just last week, because I follow the human literature as well, and I teach human public health, um, they demonstrated why people with food reactivities have such abdominal cramping and pain. And the reason is the bowel releases histamine that enzyme that shows you that there's some allergenic thing going on in the body and it's very painful. 
So they found that you can reduce the pain of inflammatory bowel disease by giving antihistamines. Wow. Wow. So in holistic veterinary medicine, we use a natural antihistamine called quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. So for anybody whose pet is having a suspected or proven food sensitivity intolerance, we use antihistamines like quercetin. And that's a new thing because sometimes they can't tell you, other than the gas you can hear burbling up, you know, when they're trying to sleep at night, um, they can't tell you how painful it could be. So therefore, we're going to add quercetin to the remedies now for special um, cases where they've got inflammatory bowel disease identified by nutrition. That That's great to hear because I, I my personally, I sent my test in for my Rottweiler and out of the 24 foods, she had 21 sensitivities. Um, so at 10 years old, you know, we're still dealing with a lot of the problems and she seems bloated, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, of course, she's one of those dogs that, regardless if it makes her feel bad, she's eating everything. So the if I couldn't go by her not wanting to eat, where a lot of my clients, I always look at nutrition first when I deal with behavior issues, uh, because we know that that if you don't feel good, you're not going to act well. Um, but it's amazing how a lot of these dogs, people say their dog is just picky, um, or you know they're not real food motivated. But I'm finding it's it has nothing to do with that. It's that they just don't feel good. Right. Um, right. And in the morning, if animals are particularly upset in the morning and they start to try to eat grass or have a gurgly stomach, they usually have acid reflux. And what we do for that is very simple. At bedtime, we give unsweetened applesauce. And the amount we give may depend upon the size of the pet. And, you know, if so if it's a 75-pound dog, you'll give half of what you would give an adult human, which would be three or four tablespoons of unsweetened applesauce. And that, that neutralizes the gastric acids that are collecting while they're trying to sleep. And then in the, they use this with babies, by the way. And in the morning, you give an antacid like peptid, okay? Again, based on the body weight. So it would be anywhere from 5 milligrams to 25 milligrams. And then you don't feed the animal for 30 minutes. So you neutralize the gastric acid at night. You give an antacid first thing in the morning. And then you feed the animal. And guess what? the nausea and the upchucking and the grass eating goes away. So sometimes we have to do that as well, change the food, like in your case, eating only those foods that are not reactive on nutrition. That, you know, it's, it's funny because my had, my Roddy, when she was about two, they put her on Pepsi, but nobody ever said, hey, wait 30 minutes before you feed or, you know, try these other things. And um, you just get so much information out there, and, and it's it can be frustrating. I know for my for my listeners, for my clients that I deal with, and I do get a lot of dogs who refuse to eat in the morning, and then they eat at night, and then they you know they don't feel good in the morning, so they don't eat, and then it's just this vicious little cycle. Yeah, you know what? So much information on the internet is incorrect, and so people, well-meaning, I'm just was just doing an email before we joined. People have spent $6,000 on their Labrador with horrible skin, and she sent pictures. And it turns out that she's taking one of the new flea and tick preventers that can aggravate all of that. Plus, she has to do NutriScan. So it's so complicated because you can't necessarily believe it. What do people do? They buy a shopping bag full of supplements, and they come to see you, as one did last week, with a shopping bag full of all kinds of supplements. What they don't realize is many of them have the, some of the same ingredients in them. 
So you're imbalancing things by giving too much of one thing, like a probiotic or a prebiotic or a fiber this or a that or a whatever. And so the body doesn't know what to do. I give up. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) I I tell you, and I do get a lot of problems with my clients to where they'll be like, you know, we tried this brand of food, then we tried this brand of food and not understanding this. It's like if you got a problem with green beans, it doesn't matter if you buy it from Kroger or Publix, you're going to have problems with green beans. So I really try to push people to to go and do this test, to test for these 24 foods. Um, do you think that every pet should test um, for sensitivities and intolerance or should people just wait until they have an issue? That's a good question. First of all, the 22 foods um, actually recognize another 112 foods that are related. For example, venison is related to deer and elk and the antlers they chew, all of those things, you know, the supplements. Why would we wait until the bowel's already upset? It's been developing for some time. That doesn't make any sense. And what we recommend seeing most animals by the time they reach puberty should have their first wellness examination at their veterinarian. Why? You're establishing a baseline for normal lab tests, normal physical examination, normal food intake, and whatever else the animal has when it's healthy and good and mature. I mean, puberty-wise mature, not mentally mature yet. Right. (laughs) That animal's result as his or her own baseline. Because when you check an individual, whether a person or, or a pet, each one's an individual, and they have a family relationship within the wide standard curve for that species. That's where it should be. And so you need to compare that pet's self with self. So it's apples and apples, not apples and oranges. And we encourage people to do that. And so when they come back every year, if they're healthy, for their animal wellness exam, the veterinarian is able to examine everything they knew before. Now, if suddenly they become unhealthy or irritable or just don't want to exercise or picky eater or whatever, then you go back to your veterinarian, show them what the animal's doing, tell them what the animal's doing, and then you try to figure it out from there. And that's when you might want to do a NutriScan again. That makes total sense. Instead of waiting until the problem exists, we really should be more into prevention. Um, that makes so much sense. Um, with the test. I know, like I said, my dog had a lot of intolerances and um, she is is not real picky on her eating. What do you find some of the top ingredients are? I know I try to tell people to stay away from chicken because I do find that chicken seems to be the most common sensitivity intolerance that that we see, but I don't have the test results. What do What are some of the top ingredients that you see that dogs are having issues with? Well, chicken and venison would hit the top, regardless of what NutriScan shows you, because they're pro-inflammatory hot foods. If your animal has any kind of inflammatory disease, even if it has nothing to do with food, you don't want to aggravate it with a food that's hot. So then you have the people say, oh, well, my veterinarian says that lamb is hot, and my dog reacted fine with lamb. I said, but lamb is a warm food. Only mutton is hot, and we don't feed mutton in America. We feed it in other countries of the world, you know, old sheep, uh, being a vegetarian, I find it hard to talk about the fact that we're, <laughs> we're um, taking so many animals for our own perceived needs. I, I, I'm saying that advisedly. 
Anyway, <laughs> definitely. But the other thing we're starting to see is that beef is climbing up there because vaccine control contain fetal calf serum. So you've started out the life of the pet with vaccinating them with products that contain beef-related proteins. And so some individuals start developing a beef hypersensitivity and sensitivity from after vaccination. And then you worry about all the heartworm flea and tick preventives that have flavors in them. And the most common flavor is chicken. You can also have turkey and beef and pork um, because they think these things need to be flavored so the animals will eat them. Well, you know, you're between a rock and a hard place there. Right. Yeah. These are things I've not even thought about. I mean, and I've been reading your stuff and following you for years now, and I'm st I'm still blown away right here just thinking about that because I, I don't tend to think about those little things. Um, I do try to stay away from a lot. I try to do more natural things with my dogs. Um, but that I think a lot of people are probably sitting there going, oh, wow, I didn't even think about this. And how many dogs are dealing with allergy, skin allergies alone? Correct. So, yeah, in addition to the bowel, but it doesn't have to be vomiting and diarrhea or constipation. It just has to be gas, you know, rumbling after meals. Um, itching and scratching, rubbing the face on something hard like a carpet, you know, a not soft carpet, a, an out, indoor outdoor carpet or on the edge of, of furniture. People, uh, pets are doing that all the time now. Um, it's the same kind of symptoms that infants have, actually, which is really quite sad. So, so we need to be very careful about all of the different things that we're exposing our animals to. And just remember, when you read the ingredients on a product, if it says artificial chicken flavor, it's not chicken, okay? It just tastes like chicken. If it says natural chicken flavor, you stay away from it. So, for example, there's a multivitamin company, um, I won't name a brand here, uh, that has a regular adult multivitamin that has natural turkey flavor. The senior version of the same company's product has artificial turkey flavor. So if you have an animal with a turkey reactant, you don't want to do the regular one, you do the senior one. So I recommended that for a client recently. She said, but my dog's just a puppy. I said, please, don't go there. Just right. do it. <laughs> you know, adding the turkey flavor when this animal was strongly reactive to turkey is not a good thing, obviously. Obviously, yeah, that is, I tell you, yeah, those are things I don't even think about. And I know my clients don't think about because, you know, they just go by the food that the rescue fed or the breeder fed or whatever the case is. They don't really do that research. And I think that, I think that in this day and age in our medical field with veterinarians, I think we're missing out on nutrition as being such a big part of a dog's health. And I think that that, and that usually is one of the first things I talk to about people, whether I'm dealing with a, just a lack of self-control and arousal issues to behavior issues, aggression issues, and so forth. So I think this is just great information for my listeners to see that there's so much more that can be going on with your dog and that you don't have to, to run and get allergy shots or run to get allergy pills. Go ahead and start looking inside out instead of trying to fix those external itches on the external side of things. Um, yeah, I, a right, you're not looking at the underlying cause, so it'll never right. go away. You're just putting a band aid on it. And just remember that, like people, we need to stimulate the benefit of the immune system for all animals today because, as I said earlier, about the pollution we've done to our earth. So, what we need to do is make sure that we all have extra vitamin D3. 
especially if the pet is mostly vegetarian fed. Now that's good for dogs, but not cats, obviously. So dogs can thrive on a balanced plant-based diet. Cats are carnivores, so they have to have some meat. Anyway, you need extra vitamin D3 and you need extra selenium to go with that. So when the pet or the person is taking a multivitamin, they've got some selenium and they've got vitamin E in it. They work together synergistically. When you add extra vitamin D3 to help the immune system work better today, help the microbiome bacteria be healthy today, you need to add extra selenium. So we use um, vegetable-based supplement selenium, for example. For the average person, 200 micrograms per day. Um, So that would be the same for German Shepherd or bigger. And then for smaller animals, you you would break it down and cut it down. You add extra selenium and extra D3. And the extra D3 can be very high if you're an individual that's a vegetarian, as we are, um, or if you're an animal that's mostly vegetarian. In other words, you're eating less than a dog eating less than 30% meat, for example. You add extra D3 and you balance it basically on the weight compared to an adult human weighing about 150 pounds, which I know is dicey these days, but 150 pounds. <laughs> For a person, and then you you add it to the and you can't imagine how much better that balances the immune system and lets the good bacteria in your bowel multiply and thrive and help with digestion and assimilation of food. It helps your joints, it helps your brain, it helps your skin, it helps all of the functions. Just remember, there's a gut-brain axis connection. So everything that's imbalanced with your food and your bowel is going to affect behavior. And you don't feel good. Yeah, I know when I don't feel good, I sure don't act well. Um, And it's funny, I take D3 every day, but nobody, again, nobody told me anything about selenium. So I'm going to be running to the store later to pick some of that up to help with my D3. (laughs) So it's not D2 now, it must be D3. So you're probably taking, what, 2,200 or 4,400 units? Honestly, I have no idea. I just pulled the tab out and it says one serving and I throw it in my little pill pocket case that I have every morning. No, no, you need 22 to 4,400 IU. That's not a very high day. I take 22 to 44. I take 66 because I'm a vegetarian and I'm much older than you are. (laughs) Well, IJ, this has been... We've had a lot of problems trying to get this recording, but it was well worth the wait and well worth the trouble. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your very busy schedule to do this for me and um, and to help my clients really understand and my and my listeners to understand why it's so important that we look at nutrition first and foremost and that we don't just look at the external behaviors that dogs are having, whether it's itching, scratching, diarrhea, um, you know, reactivity, um, changing their mood, that we really got to look deeper than that. And there's so much there uh, that we need to do for our dogs. And I did see on your website that uh, there's $50 off across the board uh, using a code CyberScan for for all your tests. Is that still there? It's it's for the NutriScan test and the cell bio test. Excellent. Yes, uh, that is something that we'll have to log in and make that comment in order to satisfy 
discount because not everybody gets a discount anymore. We, we're a nonprofit company. We wouldn't survive otherwise. No, you would not. And I tell people that, you know, the price is $300. It is worth every single penny. I waited six years too long to do it for my dog. And I'm not going to make that mistake again. And we're actually even probably going to do one for our puppy here soon. She's not having any issues but you're right. Having that baseline is a really good idea to do that. So we will put everything in the show notes and link everything in the show notes. Dr. Dodds, I want to thank you so very much for taking your time out and doing this. And, and I just love your stuff. Um, I love where you're coming from. I love looking inside out with our pets to make everything better. And I just really appreciate the time that you spent today with me. Thank you. Transparency and love everybody. Please remember that. I love it. Dr. Dodds, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. I'll do. Thanks, Nikki. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For me, it was just eye-opening. As much information as I have read, as much study as I have done, it just blows me away at uh, the information that's out there that that we don't even get a chance to um, read, that we don't get a chance to ingest. And And I think that it's a shame that a lot of the professionals in the medical field for animals, that they don't do that research to keep up with, um, you know, new theories, new ideas, new medications, but also just looking deeper at nutrition. You know, it seems that every time we turn around, uh, we're wanting to put Band-Aids on symptoms. And I see it in the in the human world, too. And, and that's why it's so important that I have a, a doctor that really looks at things deeper than just the external things that, you know, that we have. And so when we look at our dogs, we don't want to just look at external behavior and say, you know what, here, well, here's an external issue. Let's just put a Band-Aid on it. And whether that is a behavior issue or, you know, maybe that's a skin issue. Does your dog itch a lot, right? Does your dog scratch a lot or lick its paws a lot or chew on its feet? You know, a lot of times when you go to your veterinarian, and you tell them this, they're like, well, give them Zyrtec, or let's give them Apoquil, or, you know, let's give them an allergy shot. Why are we not looking deeper at what the real issues are? You know, food today is not that healthy. And we really need to take that extra time to do more research for our pets. Because, you know, our dogs cannot tell us, hey, mom, that food you're feeding me every day does not make me feel good. Yes, I eat it. Yes, I poop okay, but I don't feel real good. And we need to look deeper and we need to take um, the time to educate ourselves on the food, on different ingredients and what it could be doing to our dog. You know, just because you had a dog that lived to be 15 and it ate a certain food doesn't mean that that food is the right food for your next dog. I really encourage you to take Dr. Dodd's advice and, and do a... Uh, a panel immediately on your dog once they hit that maturity, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 months, is somewhere around there, at least a year old, I would send off and get a saliva uh, sample and, and send that in and do the test. That way you can get a real good baseline on what your dog has going on because it could be that there are a few things that are causing issues with your dog that could easily easily be modified um, for pennies. And so if you just take the time to do that, I think you can see a huge difference in your dog's activity level. 
in your dog's uh, control. Because if you have a lot of sugar in the system, uh, you're obviously not going to have a, a whole lot of control. You really want to look at it deeper. Don't just listen to what your neighbor feeds. Don't just listen to what your veterinarian recommends. Do your research. Um, and I do encourage you to speak to your veterinarian, though, about nutrition. And if they've not done extra research, locate a veterinarian that has um, because they don't get a ton of nutritional education in school, they have to do that on their own. And so I encourage you to speak to your veterinarian about that and ask questions. Don't be afraid to be your dog's advocate. You know what, if you don't want to keep your dog on allergy pills every day and, and for the rest of its life, then let's look deeper. Um, and I think that the NutriScan is the best way to start with that. Um, I waited way too long to do it for my dog. We will not wait nearly as long to do that for our puppy. Uh, We're going to go ahead and do that with her. Um, you know, it's $300, but let me tell you, it's worth every penny, um, especially when you go to the vet and just to do blood work for an issue is a couple of hundred bucks. And so um, I really encourage you to do this. Um, all the information is in the show notes check it out. Um, I know that occasionally they will have the uh, $50 off or 10% off. Uh, so you just need to kind of look around and see. But even if you have to pay full price, it is worth every single penny. And I encourage you to really look deeper at your dog from the inside out. And let's help your dog be as healthy as possible. Um, now, we're probably going to be following up here in the next few weeks on doing a nutritional podcast where we'll talk a little bit about some ingredients, talk a little bit about food in general, um, but it's going to be just touching on the subject. I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't really, you know, give you the whole gamut of it. Um, maybe I, I, I'll locate another person that is a veterinarian nutritionist that can maybe come on and talk with us. So uh, look for that. Hopefully in the next four to six weeks, we will have that podcast to follow up. But I was too excited to not go ahead and put this podcast episode out. Um, I just think that it's so important for you guys to hear this. Um, and I really, really recommend that you share this so that other people can hear it as well. And trust me when I say that you don't have to buy the most expensive food. You just got to buy the food that has good quality ingredients and that the ingredients set well with your dog and do well with your dog. So I highly recommend that you get that uh, saliva test and do that. And then as well, you can always check out dogfoodadvisor.com. That will give you an idea about what your food is rated, what the ingredients are, uh, what the controversial ingredients are. Um, but, you know, get yourself educated. Don't just expect that your veterinarian is going to give you all these things about nutrition. Just like your regular doctor that you go to is not going to um, sit down and talk to you about what you're eating. They're not going to be talking to you about, you know, the different ingredients and what that does. So don't expect your veterinarian to do that as well. You have to really reach out, find a nutritionist um, for your for your dog, as well as, you know, even maybe for yourself, because nutrition is the key to overall health. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I really did. I was, I geeked out. I was such a nerd um, with it and I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 
please be sure to reach out um, to us if you have any questions, if you have any comments, podcast at dogspeak101.com. If you have any um, ideas for podcast episodes, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. And if you're not a Patreon member and you would like to support us, uh, you can support us for just a very few dollars a month. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash dogspeak. Uh, we would love your support. But don't worry uh, if you cannot monetarily support us. The best thing you can do is rate and review us as well as share our podcast episodes with your family and your friends. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. And I really do hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And lastly, I do hope that I get to see you guys um, on our Zoom uh, communication seminar that we'll be doing this Sunday on the 31st. And, um, and then, of course, the following week, I will be doing the episode on different uh, confidence-building exercises you can do with your dog. I was just too excited about this episode to wait and put it out, so I wanted to go ahead and get it out there. And then uh, I will follow up uh, the following week, the first week of February, where I will be giving you confidence-building exercises that you can do with your dog to kind of follow up and piggyback on the two episodes that Brittany and I did. So I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the week.